0: Hello, Decode Your Burnout fans, and welcome to another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Wendy Nickerson, who's a licensed psychologist in both Arizona and Nova Scotia, Canada. She's the author of Wild Women Never Get the Blues, a speaker and founder of the Nickerson Institute of Integrative Health Training. Through years of personal experience and the decade of discussing intrapersonal and interpersonal difficulties with clients in Canada and the United States, Dr. Nickerson understands the detrimental effects of a depleted self-image, detachment from self, lack of empowerment, and overwhelming stress. In her clinical practice, she's developed innovative strategies for achieving the highest levels of wellness for both individuals and organizations. I'm so pleased, Wendy, to have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Sharon, for having me on the show. You make me sound so important. (laughs) Well, you are important.
0: (laughs) Now, um, what we often do is we start out with a burnout story. And I understand that you've experienced burnout before. So if you would be so kind, please share with us what your experience was like.
1: Okay. I've actually experienced burnout twice. First time was in 1999, after 10 years of being in university, straight through as a single mom, uh, actually living on welfare and subsidized housing at that time. And the The most recent time has been recently, actually, that I've experienced a burnout. It kind of came again um, over the course of a couple years. I'm a type A personality, so I tried to fight it. It started with um, not sleeping well Mm -hmm. and having pain in my body that couldn't be there there was no logical reason for the pain also depression and then getting very anxious and losing motivation i think the the worst part about it though sharon was that the shame that comes along with it i was a mm. fitness for duty officer in a large healthcare organization and i worked with a lot of healthcare providers who were experiencing burnout and I didn't really realize the depth of the shame when that we experience or guilt. Um, and, and all of the core schemas that come along with that, like I'm not successful, I'm not good enough, um, you know, I'm not strong enough, that perpetuate that shame. And ironically, the reason we push ourselves so hard is because we feel like we're on a mission. We feel like we're here to fulfill our life's purpose. And it drives us. Mm -hmm. It drives us. I equate burnout to cancer. There, you know, if you have cancer in the fourth stage as burnout in the fourth stage, it's time to stop. In the first stage, when you start getting some of those symptoms and The body is starting to tell you, hey, wake up, wake up here. Something needs to change. Your trajectory needs to change. Your direction in life needs to change. Something's not right here. Um, And then if we don't listen, it just continually gets worse. In In my situation, I tried to, you know, headstrong my way through it and then i realized okay i need to cut down on some of my work i need i was teaching at several different universities plus i ran my own institute and i needed to cut down on some of my work i needed to make time for fun i realized that i didn't know really what fun was mm. um and and also to set boundaries around because i work from home mostly, to set boundaries around my home time. Like on weekends and evenings, have my home time. If I'm teaching for two different universities, don't try to be teaching for both of them on the same day because there's so many students and so much information, the overwhelm is tremendous. Mm -hmm. And so like categorizing our work, helps to give us a sense of mastery, um, but definitely cutting back and changing the direction. Um, I've changed the direction of my life. Um, I will be spending more time traveling and working in different countries. And I'll be focusing more in all of my trainings on the importance of spiritual meaning. Mm, Mm, Very important.
0: So tell us when you say the importance of spiritual meaning and that's something that you're going to be sharing,
1: what, what do you mean by that? Well, I I kind of reflect upon it in my book, Wild Women Never Get Blues. And it's about being authentic to our soul's imprint. It's about being authentic to our purpose for being here on earth um, and, and not straying because of fear of money, fear of not being successful. I haven't, I've incorporated a lot of spirituality into my work, but I realize now the trajectory needs to be geared more towards that, especially given that people are looking for higher order consciousness, answers in higher levels of consciousness. And so so if I, if I may, Uh, go back a little bit. You talked about
0: how you've had these two burnout experiences. And it sounds like the first time it happened was when you had really adverse circumstances. You were a single mom, you were living on welfare, so you didn't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And certainly your circumstances were very stressful. Yes. Very stressful. (laughs) And so we might say, okay, um, you perhaps and you know feel free feel free to kind of jump in here but um kind of my take on it is that you wanted to climb your way out of that and so you worked really hard and maybe that that kind of overcompensation led you to that second burnout where now you were doing too much like you no longer had the initial problem of not having enough money and all that you had more financial security yes but But then you lost yourself in the work.
1: Yes. And and
0: that's where you didn't know what fun was anymore. And that's where you were spending your nights and weekends and just like basically working all the time Mm -hmm. that at some some point you were just like, I'm exhausted.
1: You've nailed it. You've nailed it. I think when that is a part of our personality, sometimes it takes two bouts of burnout to, to get it. To really get it, because it just feels so bad. Mm. It really feels bad on a mind, body, spirit level. I mean, it's just, it's almost like zombie-like. And you're right. Yeah, the first bout did, did help to get me out of all of the financial, the generational distress of financial poverty. hmm Um, But I still had that drive that our culture impedes upon us to do better, better, more, more. And yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Sharon, I think of a friend that I had in Arizona. She told me about a friend of hers who lived in California. And he owned a large bread business a multi-million dollar bread business, and she told me this about 15 years ago, and I'm thinking, and then she tells me that he lived in a small cabin up on a mountain,
0: Mm.
1: and she would, he would invite people over, they would have a glass of wine, and he said, she said it was so basic, that she couldn't believe he was the owner of that large bread business. I would love to
0: meet somebody like that. That is awesome.
1: (laughs) So, so burnout can actually, and he had experienced burnout. So burnout can actually be such a blessing in disguise. Totally. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) It gets us clear on what's important. 100%. And, you know, it also reflects the statement, do less, make more headway by doing less. Right. Which totally goes against our third dimensional logical mind. Totally. Yeah.
0: So you talked a little bit about the shame that comes out. And I don't think we talk enough about that. So when I think about shame coming out of yeah situation where you know you are setting yourself up to be very productive and then burnout sets in and all of a sudden your productivity goes down because you just don't have the mental focus you don't have the energy mm-hmm. you kind of lose your motivation you're not sleeping like all everything goes haywire mm-hmm. then the response to that is there's something wrong with me
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's where the shame comes in and i would love to hear For you, what was, what do you think was the underlying belief that you had about yourself that made your decline in productivity mean that there was something shameful about your situation?
1: I think it stems back to my childhood growing up in such poverty. Um, The belief was you're not good enough. And I mean, we all, to some degree, I think, have some essence of that belief floating around in our brain somewhere. Sure. But I think that was in the driver's seat. You're not good enough. You're not doing enough. You're not good enough. And yeah, I think that was. And when we get to realize that we are good enough just by being here, just by doing one thing for another person each day, if we get the opportunity. Like we don't have to run ourselves in the ground to prove our worth. And I think maybe as a single mom, I I learned that I had to run myself into the ground just in survival, like just to survive. And once we engage in that survival brain, and the amygdala, That's when all of the negative feelings just roll right in. Like, I'm not good enough. You're not successful. And, but I'm not good enough was the main one. So if you had to go back
0: to your previous self, the one that was living on welfare and was in subsidized housing. And you said to that version of you, you really have nothing to be ashamed of and you don't have to run yourself ragged. Like what what would be like the thing that you think may have made a difference for your younger self to hear so that you could engage in a way that does lift you out of poverty, but not drive you so hard that you burn out?
1: I think someone having some sort of personal development, whether it be a therapist, a coach or what have you, friend, a family member just point blank say you are good enough I am so proud it it needed to come from outside it seemed I am so proud of what you are doing and um yeah when you're in survival mode finding that internal those internal statements is challenging it's hard. yeah you're flooded with all the fear-based
0: statements. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's making me think like I was just interviewing a former client of mine to ask him what was his experience like as a result of our work together and one of the things he said is I just hear you now as a voice in my head (laughs) and one of the things that he had struggled with was feeling like he was not a good person mm. he wasn't doing enough like all the things that we tell ourselves right
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he said and it's like i don't even remember all of our conversations but he remembered right because at one point apparently what i said to him was you you're a good person or like you're what, what something along those lines right yes and it really stuck with him and so that coming from the outside then infiltrated and now he hears his own voice telling him that he's okay, that he's fine. that he doesn't have to drive so hard and all this stuff. So I think there is, I mean, we don't want to always, I always caution about this. Like we don't want to always be looking outside of ourselves for that approval and that appreciation. You know, a lot of times people actually burn out specifically because they're not getting enough of that and they're craving it so much. So definitely. There's a place for it, especially yes. if we can't give it to ourselves yet. But mm-hmm. we do need to work towards that point where I we start a job, where we start to actually tell ourselves that and turn that voice around from being really critical that drives us to work way too hard as mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of doers uh, definitely are working too hard. There, There's a lot of workaholics out there. And there's a lot of thinkers who are overcome with all of the negative self-talk, and that's driving the perfectionism and the need to constantly show up and prove something, or the imposter syndrome, right? Yes. So, so I think I think that's really, really a, a great point that you're bringing up.
1: Yeah, and and I agree with you. It has to be an inside job, but sometimes the seed needs to be planted, yes. depending upon what the person's background is. And whether mm-hmm. they got that in their family of origin or not, yeah, for um, sure, for sure, yeah, yeah. I, yeah.
0: So you, so uh, I know you have some things that you want to demyth for us, if you will, um, so debunk. Right, um, <laughs> when it comes to burnout, there's definitely some myths floating around, um, and given your experience, both as somebody who's Burned out a couple of times, and who is in the mental health space? I would love to hear
1: your take on the subject. The first myth that I find quite prominent is that burnout is is a form of depression, and it can be a form of depression. It can be very much affiliated with depression. And sometimes clients will ask me, or people will ask me, what is the difference between burnout and depression? And I always say go away on a two week vacation. Yes. If you come back and you feel better, then it's likely burnout because depression will still be there when you
0: come back. Exactly.
1: But but of course, like burnout is about exhaustion, mind body spirit exhaustion and and our systems shutting down, our immune system, our digestive system cuz we're in survival mode. And our uh, neurological systems shutting down, or at the very least, not working properly. So it's not the same as depression. Ironically, Sharon, though most people will go and get antidepressants mm-hmm. because it it creates some sort of relief, oftentimes. But what we don't realize is it needs to be a lifestyle change. It needs to be. So it needs to, our, our whole essence needs to change. The energy systems in our body need to change. So, yeah, it's very different than depression, although we have very similar symptoms. So, you,
0: in a way, define what burnout is for our listeners, which is great, right? You said it's about uh, exhaustion, and the thing that we see is that our systems are shutting down. Can you then also, just in contrast, define what you think depression actually is.
1: Depression, um, our immune system still works fairly well. Our, our digestive system, well, we can pretty much digest well with depression. How, however, depression does affect our neurological system. Um, and depression is more, whereas burnout is more exhaustion. And rundown of the internal systems. Depression is more related to being off course with our mission, at as is burnout to a certain extent, but it's also the serotonin depletion. Uh, you know, and, and the other neurotransmitters also depletion. Um, I think there's a lot of research that needs to be done, Sharon, to uh, to exactly differentiate between the two because of all the overlapping symptoms. But I would say the neurological part and the the neurotransmitters being depleted would be a big difference.
0: That's super helpful, I think, for people listening to this to be able to tease those two things apart. And the reason I'm such a big proponent of like really defining these terms is because, you know, as a former therapist, I I believe in diagnosis so that we can have an appropriate treatment. And -hmm. that's actually part of why I also created this podcast, because even within burnout, I see it as there are different subtypes, if you will. In other words, people burn out for different reasons. When you can identify what is causing you to burn out, you can start to develop appropriate treatments that address your specific issue. So yes, when we are exhausted, there are things that kind of help everybody across the board, but with some people, it's about doing less. With other people, it's about managing the negative thoughts in their mind. For other people, it's about setting boundaries. Like, There's all different things that we can do. And sometimes it's all of them.
1: Yes. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Sometimes it's all
0: of them. So burnout versus depression. I think we've got a really good picture of the difference now. Um, Mm -hmm. What other myths do you have for us?
1: Burnout can be remedied by slowing down. Well, as you just said, if we're out of alignment with our authentic mission, And if we're not setting boundaries, and if we're still having tons of negative thoughts, then slowing down isn't going to cure it. It takes all of the above. That's why I'm so, I feel so strongly about mind, body, spirit interventions. Um, Because I've tried within myself and I've tried with clients just to do You know, eat healthy, exercise, change your thoughts. And that helps, but it doesn't really cure it in my experience. Mm. Uh, Makes it just like on a back burner, ready to come back at any time. But if we get to dig a little bit deeper, um, it, it tends to give us more grounding for a firmer healing and by by deeper i mean get into the spiritual component who are we what do we want to accomplish you know and or what do we want to be and listen to me what i just said sharon i heard what you do we, what do we want to accomplish so do you see how it is like still there it's when really it's the important thing is what do we want to be? Who do we want to be? That's right. That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. And I think you are an example of somebody who's really transformed from
1: the doing to the being. I'm getting there, but it's, it's a process. It's a, it's a process, a wonderful process. It, it is a wonderful process.
0: Okay. So we, we know that it's not enough to just slow down that it can be helpful, but it's not the whole picture.
1: What else you got for us? You got one more. We should be able to withstand ongoing pressure. Well, no, our bodies are not designed for that. Especially I think of healthcare workers and I think of teachers Mm. and mostly because I've worked as a psychologist in those fields, that I see maybe that's why I'm thinking that they're the ones who think that they can withstand ongoing pressure. But what they're not aware of is that ongoing pressure is sort of like the bear chasing us every day, all day long. Nobody would be able to withstand that, but it's such a gradual uh, assimilation an accommodation to get used to that much pressure. I think of the frog in the water turning up the temperature of the water one degree at a time. It will stay there until it fries, not fries, dies. And, uh, you know, we're kind of like that. And I, I just think that we need to realize that we're not, our bodies nor our minds are meant to withstand the. The broken systems that we're trying to work in right now, and and a lot of the systems are making changes, which is good. But I especially see it in the healthcare industry. Mm. Yeah. Um. So and- yeah, you know,
0: I, I want to come back for a second to your definition of burnout. You said two things. You said it's about exhaustion and our systems shutting down. And so my takeaway from that is that we need to do whatever it takes to boost up our energy because we're exhausted. So getting back to baseline in terms of energy and to get our systems back up and running. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and basically what you're saying is in order to do those two things, you need to have a mind,
1: body, soul approach. Spirit approach. Absolutely. Okay. That's been my experience personally and clinically. Maybe others have a different experience, Sharon. But that's been my experience.
0: Yeah, no, and it sounds and really comprehensive, which is... It
1: impressive. is very comprehensive. And and it's those that take the mind, body, spirit approach to healing, they say that the burnout was, as I mentioned before, such a blessing. Yes. It, it got them going in the right direction. And when we can see it like that, rather than seeing it as a victim or why can't i withstand this pressure and on and on Mm then see that it's happening for us rather than to us i it just changes every that notion in itself relieves some of the pressure
0: yeah that is it's
1: happening for us
0: okay so just to sum up everything that we've talked about and you've shared some really great things When we are doers, we are going to be very driven to be accomplished. You you talked about how you're a type A. And Mm -hmm. if you've got some underlying shame about not being good enough, that's going to drive you to do more. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then you might burn out in the process. And that burnout can be a wake up call because it's a way to reset, to rethink the way that you're going about your life to rethink what's truly important and how can you show up in a meaningful way so that you can accomplish your life's mission without suffering and breaking down in the process.
1: I love the way you've summarized that. I couldn't have summarized it any better. Awesome.
0: (laughs) So, so Dr. Wendy, you know, this has been really very, very cool to hear your take on that. And I appreciate you sharing your experiences and your expertise. If somebody is interested in learning more about you, where should they go?
1: They should go to www.nickersoninstitute.com. We have lots of integrative health programs, mainly the integrative health coach training program in mental health. Um, but a lot of organizational courses and personal courses at the Institute. Uh, They can also purchase my book, Wild Women Never Get the Blues, on that website. And um, if they want to reach out from the website, I hope they sure do feel free to do that. I would love to offer some sort of pdf or audio version of the book or something as a gift. I love I I just love gifting because that's a part of feeling good, right? We want to feel good.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, I highly encourage you if you're listening to this or you're watching us on YouTube to go to the Nickerson Institute because as you've just heard and seen, Dr. Wendy is just a wealth of wisdom. She's been there. She understands it. She gets it. Um, and I can only imagine how you educate other people around these
1: very, very important issues. Thank you. It's it's my purpose in life.
0: I love it. <laughs> so thank you for being thank you, here.
1: Thank Sharon. I so appreciate you.
0: Yeah. And for all of you thinkers out there, what did you think of the show? If you're a feeler, what did hearing this make you feel? And for all of you doers, what are you going to do based on what you've heard? Regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review, telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. Finally, if you are ready to take the next step with me to DYB, go to decodeyourburnout.com and I'll see you right back here next week. Take care.
1: Bye.